Welcome to Season 2 of the Practicing Presence Podcast, where spiritual formation is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. What's up, practitioners? What's up, friends? How we doing? Uh, so we're doing, we're doing something cool today that I'm excited about. We're doing something that Clayton came up with, and I think it's dope. So, I love it. So we had just... We're filming right after our gathering, and we had we're finishing up our gathering, uh, and we had some very awesome chorizo and tacos, or chorizo and eggs uh, with some like uh, some cinnamon raisin yeah, toast. So yeah, so I made basically what I made is I made chorizo and eggs, which is kind of spicy, and then I had a buttered cinnamon raisin toast that's like a like a sort of sweet yeah compliment. It was dope. It was so good. Um, and it's just real simple, but I was like, even this simple creation that tastes so good is dope. Yeah. Like it, it feels so, it feels good. Like, how can this be a bad thing? And now we're moving into like Thanksgiving. Like mm-hmm. this is going to come out the day before Thanksgiving. Um, so tomorrow Maybe even tonight for some of you because, you know, holidays are crazy. Commercialization. Um, yeah. Um, you are going to be eating a lot of food, arguably overeating a lot of food, but that's a different conversation. Um, but there is going to be a lot of food. It. <laughs> and, uh, some of it's going to be good. Some of it's not. Um, and what happens when you eat bad food, Cullen? It's not an enjoyable experience. It's not good. It's not fun. And unfortunately, if we're just honest, Thanksgiving food really is not that great. Not. Well, it can be. It can be. It can be. But by and large, it's not. Well, it's because it's a white person holiday. Largely, <laughs> it's a it's a it's a holiday for colonizers. <laughs> and historically, white people don't season food. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I'm, I'm sorry. That, <laughs> it's so true. Only country white people cook good. Yeah, like they're the. Um, mm, it's so, yes. well. It's because it's a simple pleasure in life. We right. don't got nothing else. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the people that just salt their chicken breast and call it good. <laughs> it freaking kills me, man. I can't do it. It's Damn. so boring. Oh yeah, it's like. <laughs> It's so boring, and it, like, eventually tastes like cardboard. Yeah. Everything tastes the same, and it's not good, and it's not an enjoyable experience. Um, because cooking food is creative in more ways than just plating, right? Cooking yeah. food is understanding, what do I have in my spice rack? What fresh herbs can I put with this? Yeah. Um, what is a great side that will complement? You know, and also, how do you pair drinks? There is a full creative process in the culinary arts. And it's called an art for a reason. Yeah. Um, and so going from being able to understand how to blend the seasons with the food that I'm making 
to present to somebody else. Yeah. Um, that sounds divinely creative. Oh, definitely. Um, definitely. And it also sounds divinely creative because there's you're meeting a need for somebody in this way. Um, that's why potlucks are dope. Yeah. If they're done right. You're also creating an experience. You are also creating creating an experience. Um, and you're creating memories. Potlucks have the potential to be dope. Correct. Unfortunately, lots of times they're not. Yeah, because the food sucks. Exactly. Exactly. But, and you know, we can crap on it all the time, but this is why events go off better with good food. Yes, always. Now, unfortunately... Because of commercialization and the way we do this, most of the time, good food is expensive. Correct. But it does not have to be. Yeah. Um, Clayton Ware, you and I spent a lot of years dirt poor. And still eating good. And still eating good because it was it's about the only good thing going on in life. Well, and like the fact that we were a family that hunted and fished really helped with this well it helped with the Um, expense right it helped with the expense and then we we took the 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 meats that we hunted ourselves and processed it ourselves and then cooked it ourselves yeah which creates a holistic process yeah and a story and experience in there because even though we're not dirt poor we still hunt yeah we still harvest our own animals when part of it is when you do it that way, you know exactly what that animal is. Absolutely. You know exactly where it came from and what it ate. Mm-hmm. And it was no hormones. It was no preservatives. Mm-hmm. It, it is a wild animal that exists only on nature. Correct. All natural. Correct. Um, um, and in Texas, hogs are free to kill. Yeah, they're a nuisance animal. You yeah. can kill them anywhere and as many as you want. Um, but deer... I think paid sixty bucks for my license and all my tags. Sixty eight is oh yeah, yeah. sixty sixty eight dollars is the resident of Texas hunting and fishing super combo. You mm. can do just about anything you want with that one in the state of Texas. And if you think about hunting mature deer, mm-hmm. you're getting a lot of meat for very cheap. Yeah, a well, lot. Of, well. So it depends. If you got to pay for a lease, that's also true. The cost um, goes up. That that is also true. But if you have like a place to go hunt, if you have a place, and you can hunt public land. You can. It is free to hunt public land or some public land in Texas. Mm. Some will charge you like a five dollar day pass, like it's absolutely nothing. <clears throat> and sometimes you got to pay to camp. But mm. like overall, public land hunting is very cheap. Also, I am about to buy a rooftop tent. And some storage things for my truck so that I can do public land hunting across the state of Texas mm. um, because it's cheap. Yeah. It is, a, it is a cheap, easy way to harvest meat. All of your tags, right? And mm-hmm. in the state of Texas, you get five turkey tags. Mm-hmm. You get a couple of javelina hogs, which those unique javelina hogs are a game animal. Um, wild hogs are not mm. feral hogs are not um you get five white tail tags four of which you can only harvest in the same county 
So in order to harvest all of your deer, you have to do them in multiple counties. Yep. Um, and you get three mule tag, mule deer tags, mm-hmm. and a red drum tag for any fish, red fish over twenty eight inches. And catfish are also not a game fish, correct? Which are a common Texas fish. Yeah, you can catch a lot of catfish, mm-hmm. and you can catch as many as you can catch. That's the deal. It's also uncapped. There's mm-hmm. no limit on how many you can catch. Uh, there are limits on bass mm-hmm. and bass also don't get as big. Correct. Right. So like, I think a world record bass is like less than 20 pounds. Mm, yeah. It's like so. 18 pounds, I think 18 and a half or something. Um, I have personally seen 80 pound catfish. Oh yeah. Multiple. Like it was not uncommon. They are massive fish. Yeah, not uncommon to see when we were growing up. And, and I, I actually, I, I kind of get this um, to some extent because I've had bad catfish before. But there's a bunch of people out there that don't like catfish because they haven't had good catfish. Right. They, they have don't not know, had well-cleaned catfish. They don't know how to cook or they haven't had it where somebody knew how to properly cook and clean it. Right. Um, somebody did not know how to properly harvest that animal. It is fried catfish when it is cleaned and harvested properly oh my god well yeah absolutely uh um so there are very cheap ways to do good food yeah because growing up one of my favorite things to eat was fried catfish yeah that we caught running trout lines yeah like we just did that was always one of my favorite things i knew saturday if we were if we were going fishing, we were coming home with catfish, and that meant we were having catfish for dinner, and I was excited. Yeah. Um, well, and I can remember somewhere between four and six months, Dad went without a job. Mm-hmm. In the middle of 08, terrible downturn, um, and we lived entirely on venison, hogs, and fish mm-hmm. that we harvested because mm-hmm. we could not afford... Yeah. To really buy meat, to buy yeah. protein. That was not something we could afford. Because um, you're trying to make a little bit of money go a long way. Right. Uh, and all out of a savings account, which you mm-hmm. know is a limited, fixed amount of money. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you said it earlier. When you have that experience with the food that you end up eating, mm-hmm. you view the eating experience very, very different. differently. Because you didn't go to the store and buy this. You know exactly where it came from. You know everything that happened to it from wild to table. Yeah. So I have caught fish that we have ate many times. I don't really get this experience with that anymore. What? Uh, This like almost holistic experience from from catching fish and then turning around and cooking it. Oh, I still do. Oh, you do? Well, 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 yeah. Um, It's a little bit different because when we were... When we were fishing, we were running trot lines. Right. And trot lines are very different because, I mean, if you're doing it right, you're just not going to not catch fish. Right. Um, and, and so it's almost like it, it's expected at this point. Yeah. Um, we ate a lot of fried catfish. We did. When and, we were kids. And it's because we were running trot lines. All uh, the time. All Every the time. night, it seemed like. There, there were several lines out. So it's like... That is has become less of an experience, but something that I can honor the animal in, like truly, um, like hunting deer. Yeah. 
Um, I remember the first time I ate uh, a deer that I shot. That was a very strange experience. Um, literally, bullet to deer, deer to cleaning rack, and then cleaning rack to table. Or cooler. Well, yeah. No, no. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, cutting yeah, out. Like, we, we processed all of fully, it. Fully. To go fully. from animal standing on mm. its own to drop dead where it stood to our table. It's it's very strange that that full holistic experience, uh, but it does make the eating experience different, and it's because you are recognizing the fact that this thing was also created in divinity, yeah, um, or with divinity or in with, mind. With divinity in mind, this thing was created. Yeah, it was created divinely. Yeah, um. That does create a different kind of experience. Um, but also, I think that there is a big reason that each individual culture has its own style of food. Because that's how we learned to, to have food. At a very young age, that was how we got food. Mm -hmm. And that was food that was available to us. Yep. Every culture has its own. Yeah. Well, and that's the biblical story, right? Mm -hmm. We, the ancient world, the average person of the biblical time, the, the Old Testament time period, mm -hmm. is eating animals that they raise. Mm -hmm. There are very few people that are going to the market and buying animals for the purpose of slaughter and harvest. Yeah. I think I think it's also really important to to note right now um, that the idea of the Lord's Supper, bread and wine, cool. It's because those were things that were common to the table for for Passover. Yeah, um, it is what they had, but that was a meal that they shared together. Yeah, um, that was done divinely. And so we, when we take this idea into the modern world, you know, through through history and times and whatever, uh, we, we've gotten to the cracker and the grape juice. Um, we have taken a, a feast, a meal and that was shared it, together. And pared it down to... A few sips of grape juice and a bland stale, cracker. bland cracker that leaves dust on your fingers yeah um there is a whole lot of beauty and creativity um that was just entirely stripped from the lord's supper mm -hmm. that's also why I, I don't like to talk about communion as the lord's supper because it is not a supper it is not a feast it is not a meal it is, it is a box that we're checking. Well, and so much so that now they have these, like, pre-made... You can buy these things from, like, Lifeway. <laughs> they're, like yeah, they're like a... Peel a, the top, a, the cellophane yeah, off yeah. the top, and it's, then drink the wine, or take the little yeah. cracker out of the thing, and then drink the, the grape juice. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. like, they have different versions, but it's a all-in-one, self-contained, <laughs> pre-packaged cracker and juice... 
in an individual serving. It's for like communion. a it's like a church lunchable. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a communion lunchable. That's a great uh, way to say it. And you know what? It's awful. It's terrible. Uh, can you say commercialization of the church? Yeah. Um, no, it's terrible. Um, so I, I think that we always have to. I don't. We don't have to. We always do end up saying bad things about the state of the church and about every episode that we do on everything. Um, that and this is Man, one it's of just them. because I'm very aware of how the church is doing things wrong. But the, but this is one. Oh, it's yeah. We have um, stripped the church of a very beautiful thing here. Which, growing up in the church that we grew up in, as many qualms as I've got, we ate good. We ate good. Uh, yeah. And do you remember when we would have those potlucks? Yeah. The days that we would celebrate the Lord's Supper. Yeah, yeah. You did them, which was every fifth Sunday. Every fifth Sunday, we had a potluck. Um, not and, okay. Let's clarify. Yes, yes. Not every fifth Sunday, like in a revolving door, every right. five Sundays we were doing this. Every Any fifth, month yes. that had a fifth Sunday, which is three times a year, we would every do this. month that has a fifth Sunday, we would have communion and a potluck's lunch after. It not nearly frequent enough. Um, no. Not nearly frequent enough. No. Um, but we would do... The Lord's Supper, in quotations, um, and then we would go have a potluck. Knowing what I know now, looking back at this, that was like you know with the the information that was available, cool, fine, yeah, whatever. Um, you're doing something there, yeah, to share a meal together. But in my mind, the potluck looks more like what the Lord's Supper was supposed to look like, yeah. Um. Because when Jesus did the whole breaking of the bread and, you know, this wine is my blood, that whole situation, they were sharing a true meal together. Yeah. And that's how the early church practiced it. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot, of, a lot, a lot of beauty in that. Yeah. And so there's almost a way for us to talk about Thanksgiving is sharing the Lord's Supper. And guess what? Bread and wine are available at those tables too. Generally speaking, yeah. um, so here in America, when we do celebrate Thanksgiving, we can talk. There, there. I feel like there's an argument there. Oh, definitely. That we are practicing the Lord's Supper, and there is a beauty and a reverence to it. Oh, definitely. I mean, another term for communion or the Lord's Supper, as you keep mm. referring to it, is the Eucharist. Right. What does that mean? I don't actually know what the Eucharist means. Thanksgiving. Oh, oh, bro. <laughs> oh, bro. I didn't know that. To give thanks, yeah. Yeah, I did not know that. That's cool. Yeah, it's the Feast of Giving Thanks. Um. Yeah, so th there's the Eucharist, right? Yeah. Uh, but when we talk about communion these days, we we think about those little plastic cups. Oh, for sure. Uh, like for sure. We're not thinking does. about whole meals. Uh, but that's how the Bible's thinking about it. Right. Is, is the the Bible meals. is thinking about Passover as like the Lord's Supper, the Last mm. Supper that it's mm. all modeled off of. Right. That's the Passover feast. Right. Exactly. Um, they are having a whole meal together. A whole eating experience. 
Um, and and we, I guarantee you it tasted good. I bet you it Because Jesus sent people there 12 hours early mm-hmm. to prepare a place for it. Yeah. Now, there is also the, the rituals of the, uh, the parsley and the salt water and all that stuff, too. But that stuff doesn't taste so good. Um, well, but it's also partly about aromas. Uh, that's also true. Uh, it's well, an entire it's ex- an experience. immersive experience you're, that you're in with these you're feasts. E- yeah, you're eating things that are supposed to make you feel certain ways. Yeah, um, we, I remember going on my honeymoon when I was married, and we went on a culinary experience. There was like, it was an all-inclusive resort, and like one restaurant was a culinary experience. And you watched a chef, the lead chef, make a plate. And behind, back in the kitchen, there was other chefs making that same plate for everybody in the restaurant. And everybody went on this journey at the same time. They all brought out the meals at the same, like the different uh, dishes at the same time. Everybody ate them in their own at the same time. When you do things like that, which I think it was very much so modeled after, like, how we would envision Jewish feasts. Mm. Um when you have those kind of experiences, you realize that they are immersive. Mm-hmm. The aromas in the air matter. What you drink combined with what you eat and when you do those and what order you do those, yeah, all that matters. For sure. All of that matters in creating these immersive experiences. And so, yeah, absolutely. Culinary art is a element of divine creativity. And I will say probably... So, a memory that I will remember forever. And, spoiler, I'm not going to tell a Thanksgiving story. Um, I am going to tell a story of sitting at a table with a bunch of Italians. Oh. Five courses. Great wine. Um, Ending with a beautiful grappa. This full eating experience with all of the food completely homemade um, in a very intimate setting, very family-based, very kind of share the wealth. Um, It builds community and it, it, it builds memories. I learned more about everyone at that table than I ever thought I would. Uh, And they all learned more about me than they probably ever thought that they would. Relationships were built. Now, um, the only one that keeps up with any of these people is dad um, because he works with them um, in some ways. Um. But this is a table that I will forever remember sitting at because I walked away from it having an eating experience like I've never experienced in American life. I experienced an Italian family dinner. And dude, do Italians take food seriously. Um, From start to finish. I remember walking away just dumbfounded not just by the food by the conversation the environment because food 
divinely created creates relationships. Thanks for listening to the Practicing Presence podcast hosted by Wellhouse Church. Be sure to give us a rating and a review if you enjoyed the episode. It's free and it helps us immensely. Also, feel free to check out our other podcasts.